Hello ladies and gentlemen, craft spirit enthusiasts, and those interested in the intoxicating world of craft distilleries, cideries, meaderies, wineries, and the occasional foray into breweries. It's Rich Shane and welcome to Fermented Adventure, the podcast, where we bring you the fascinating people that are making the mash, fermenting, distilling, bottling, pouring, and delivering to you some of the finest libations in the world. Before we get started, here are a few housekeeping items. Thank you for bringing the podcast into wherever you are and whatever you're doing. We truly are grateful that you've chosen to listen and make us part of your day. It would mean the world to us if you left a five-star review. This helps us climb in the rankings and it makes it easier for others to find us. Don't hesitate to leave us your comments as well. If the podcast didn't meet your expectations, tell us why. We're always striving to improve. You can find us at fermentedadventure.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook as Fermented Adventure. Email us at fermentedadventure at gmail.com. All right, FA Nation, let's meet our guests. We're here at Five Saints Distillery in Norristown, Pennsylvania, and I'm here with owner John George of the distillery. John, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Rich. How are you today? So, John, take us back to the moment when all of this was conceived. Tell us about the distillery. Oh, my gosh, when it was conceived. So... I guess it started with a tap on my shoulder when I was working in a pharmaceutical organization. They said, you know, Mr. George, when you turn 58, you will be eligible to take early retirement. I said, I am? They said, yes. I said, can you put it in writing? They said, yes, they did. And I said, thank you very much. So I started planning accordingly and decided to go down to, and I know you're going to smile at this, Moonshine University down in Louisville, Kentucky. Hey, there's a Hamburger University. (laughs) There's a Moonshine University, right? Right. So I went out to Moonshine University down in Louisville, Kentucky, enrolled in that course. And three days into that course, I just said, you know what? I like this. I mean, I like to drink spirits anyways. And I said, okay, I'm going to open a distillery. I called my wife that night, Amy. I said, Amy, going to open a distillery. Now, she's known me for more than 24 years at the time. We've been married 24 years. Okay. But she's known me for long. She goes, we could talk about that when you get home. <laughs> Good answer on her part. And I said, and I have a name, too. She goes, really? Well, what's the name? I said, Five Fathers Distilling. She goes, oh, my God, Five Fathers Distilling. Oh, I love the name. Now, why did she say that? Because if you look over there, Rich, you know, you've seen the pictures above the bar. Right. Uh, I feel I've had five fathers in life. Now, why do I say that? Well, I had a biological father. Unfortunately, he died at a very young age. He was a New York State policeman, died of carbon dioxide poisoning. And I was subsequently, my brothers and I were subsequently raised by his three uncles, or his three brothers, my three uncles, and a close family friend. And I realized as I got older that I had been given a very unique and special gift of five fathers, not just one. So hence, the five fathers distilling name. So, so the legacy is really inbred, you know, just built into the whole distillery. It is. It is. It's, it's really a family that brought you through to get here too, right? Absolutely. If if that event had not happened when I was 11 years old in upstate New York, I probably would have been a plumber or an electrician <laughs> living in some log cabin up in up, rural upstate New York and been as happy as a little bug in a rug, okay. right? But yes, it is. it permeates the whole distillery. You know that we, we name our tanks, right? No, I didn't know you named yeah, your tanks. Yeah, we name all of our equipment here. So let me just give you some examples. So our fermentation tanks, Joe, Bob, and Ray. Joe, Bob, Ray. Now, Joe, Bob, and Ray. Now, I've got to tell you a little story. Ray, one of my uncles, those are my three uncles, Ray was a MP, World War II, and he um, didn't get back from Germany after the war ended for a number of months because he had to stay and repatriate the German prisoners who are now being returned to their homeland. And uh, the tank, his namesake tank, is the last one to come in. It was also a few months late from Germany. <laughs> so it's like, so name, so goes the name, so goes the tank. Ray is late again. So there are spirits coming out of the tanks, and there's a lot of spirit that happens here at the distillery. There is. I guess, I guess you might say that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so you went down to Moonshine U. Moonshine U. How many people were in the class when you went? You know, I think there was uh, probably, it was like the third class they ever had. And I, if I remember correctly, there was probably about 22 of us. 22. Do you keep in touch with any of the students you went through? Um, any of them go on to start distilleries like you? Uh, yeah. Actually, uh, one uh, gentleman who became a friend created Brandywine Distilling out in Elverson, PA. Right. Um, uh, Donnie Avellino. And Donnie and Eva are very good friends. 
Uh, we went through the same class together. We got drunk together. Excuse me. We drank together <laughs> down in Louisville. We sampled spirits together. Right. Thank you very much. And we keep in touch. You know, all, all distillers, we're, we're all friends. It's a close-knit community. We know one another. And whether you went to Moonshine University or you just got into distilling somewhere else, you know, we, we are very good friends. We're colleagues. And people will come in sometime and say, you know, Johnny, isn't, uh, you know, Dad's Hat a competitor or Bluebird Distilling, not my friend Jared? No, not at all. Absolutely. Because the beautiful thing is that we're all very much individuals. Right. We don't consult with one another when we're going to make a vodka or gin or what have you. We do our own thing. And that's the beauty of craft distilling today is that each of the distillers is unique. Hence, each of the distilleries that they have are unique as well. And the products that come out are very special. And, and I always say, do you, do you know how many people drink in this world? So some people might love my vodka, not like his. Some of you are like his, not like mine. That's okay. That's what makes it special. So, yeah. So down in the university, call Amy. I call Amy. This is going to happen. And what, what happens next? <laughs> she divorces me. No. <laughs> I'm sure she would have liked to. Um, I, uh, I told her that name. And she goes, oh, my God, I love it. So she, she says, let me Google it. She goes and Googles it. She comes back. She says, sweet, I hate to tell you this, but you're going to you're gonna have to rethink that name. I said, why? She goes, well, let me read it to you. Jim Beam just came out with a Five Fathers Limited Edition bourbon. I'm like, are you kidding they me? They were listening on the phone when you called Amy. <laughs> That's what happened. They, they probably were and they should have been. <laughs> so I had to rethink the name. Okay. And, and that's how we got. Uh, well, actually, I'm in class the next day and I'm thinking about now just the name. I'm distraught because Five Fathers filled me with a warmth. That was the name. And I started thinking about my days of growing up with these guys. And let me just put it this way. I was not a troublemaker. But I was a rebel, and I wanted to find out where the boundaries were, where the limits of authority lied, and I always found them on the ends of five, four size nine shoes of my you-know-what. <laughs> okay. So I just thought to myself, those guys were saints for putting up with me. It was just a thought. And about an hour later, I'm in class. I'm like, hang on a second. Five fathers of stone? Five saints? There's the name. Five there saints of stone. So I called my wife that night. Said, sweetie, I got no name. She and she, was, and you, she said, you still, you're still going with this, right? <laughs> I'm still going with it, and I have a new name. She goes, you got a name already? I said, yes, I do. She goes, well, what is it? I said, five saints to stone. She goes, five what? I said, five saints to stone. She goes, five saints to stone. She goes, all right, I am. I, I have no idea where they, you got that one from. You're going to have to enlighten me. I said, well, I never told you this. Can I say this on a radio? I was a pain in the ass. Yeah, we can. We can uh, thank you. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh. And, and, and basically, these guys were loving, caring, generous of their time and, and, and resources, and above all, forgiving for all my stupidity, my mistakes, my, my transgressions, whatever you want to call them. And I got done, and I asked her, I said, okay, well, what do you think, sweetie? She goes, do you want my honest opinion? I said, absolutely. She goes, put my picture up there with them and call it Six Saints Distilling. There you go. Everybody's putting up with your stuff, right? <laughs> and But she goes, but I understand where you're coming from. You can call it Five Saints. Just don't forget that thought. So Five Saints was born, and where do we end up? Next to the Catholic shop. Wasn't wasn't on purpose. Wasn't planned. Just where we end up. So it's funny how things work out. It is, it is funny. Yeah. Now, how did you pick Norristown, Pennsylvania? Well, you know, I'm from Norristown. So I'm on the other side of Norristown. Uh, it's funny how the postcards or the postal system works but i'm technically audubon norristown eagleville jeffersonville you can use any of those and the mail still gets to me i'm, t I'm totally right. amazed yeah. i don't know they must have a mark on my house um but i i think it was fate uh, or destiny let's put it that way because i didn't go out looking we didn't go out looking for a firehouse we actually went to the county planning commission um, and we uh, presented uh, a list of the kind of building that we were looking for, bricks and mortars, cast iron sewer pipes, because when you put hot stuff down, you don't want your plastic pipes to implode. That would not be good. Uh, good location, loading facility, natural gas for fuel. And they said, well, why don't you go look at the uh, prison up on Arch, uh, and why don't you go look at the firehouse? And I said, well, what firehouse and what prison? So I drove down here. I parked on the other side of the 
corner and I looked at this firehouse and I said, oh my God, it's beautiful. But I said, what am I going to do with that? I said, I just want to make bottles and sell bottles of spirits. So we looked around for almost a year, every weekend, searching, and it was really a good educational uh, process because I very quickly learned the value of commercial property in uh, Montgomery County, and I was getting very concerned because I obviously could not afford what they were asking. And I'd always drive past on my way home, long weekend of searching, the firehouse. And uh, it was as if the firehouse was reaching out to me. And one night over a few drinks, all right, I'll, I'll be honest with the viewers, we had a number of drinks. Okay. And I had this vision. I saw the vision. I started thinking about the firehouse and said, you know what? We've got to take another look at it. So we, uh, we moved on that. We called Anthony, the president of the Humane, and um, we came down and we, we, we did the deal and very fortunately did the deal. And we're so happy that it did occur because... It's probably one of the best moves we have made. And, and, and being in Norristown, I mean, let's face it, Norristown is an underdog right now, but it is a very strong underdog. I've met nothing but the most fantastic individuals from Norristown uh, since the two, excuse me, two and a half years that we have been in operation. And uh, there's a great future for Norristown. We see it happening. There's young people moving into the area. We have a great many assets, the, the, the train station, we're in the theater district with the Theater Horizon, the center thing, Elmwood Park Zoo, fantastic zoo, and uh, Elzone, he's done a great job over there, and it's just, there's a great future, the, the I-76 interchange, so I, I expect that this will be a booming, uh, quaint, uh, and I use the term gentrified downtown, and I think it's going to be great, it's a great yeah, and, I, and I think one <clears> of the things to realize is, because you chose this location, you're helping to lead that and the research you are I mean yeah. you know being in a firehouse I mean you rebuild after a fire and you know you're here taking what was just an empty open firehouse rebuilding it repurposing and you've won an award for the firehouse yeah that's right we, we did we actually won two awards one is the Selma award which is hanging right over here you can see the plaque and uh, the Selma Award was given to us by the Norristown Historical Society for restoration of the firehouse. That was really special. And we also won a award very unexpectedly from the American Distilling Institute for, and it was 2017, given in 2018, for the best restoration of a building into a distillery anywhere in the world. So that was really special. And it's funny because Bill Owens, the president, who I know, Bill and I are good friends, he calls me up, and I've been going to the American Distilling Institute for every year since, you know, we've, we've been in operation or even before. And he calls me and I said, Johnny, we're going to give you a award for the best restoration. I'm like, that's fantastic. But he says, you will be there to receive it. I'm like, oh, shoot. Uh, Bill, this is, uh, we're not going to make it this year. So anyways, uh, he gave us the award anyways. He, he took kindly upon us. And he gave us the award, and, and we have that out. So it's really special to receive that recognition from such a prestigious organization. So take us back to that aha moment when you first started to distill, and you knew you had something. <laughs> uh, you mean when I was so nervous and I could hardly uh, push the on button? <laughs> you know, it's funny because we got our, we got our equipment from... Uh, Carl Distilling, which is one of the oldest uh, manufacturers of distilling equipment. They're out of Germany. And um, we uh, um, were looking for equipment. And it turned out that Nick, um, Nicholas Haas, who's the worldwide representative, lives 15 minutes from here, is a great individual. Uh, he came over, looked at the, uh, the space, and gave us a lot of uh, insights and information and really... Um, you know, designed equipment that would fit specifically for the firehouse. So he, and once we had it, he came over and he put it together. And when you look at our equipment, and I know you have in there, there's pipes that run all over the place. And let me just put it this way. Now, I, I'm an educated individual. At least I consider myself an educated. Others may not agree with that. I, but, I think you are. Well, and I sat there and I put a chair in front of this menagerie of pipes and I just looked at it and studied it because I said, I have to know every single one of these pipes where what's what's in it where's it going most of all is it hot or cold and when it came time he came over and he said all right let's start it up 
I put my finger on that start button. I could hardly push. He says, it ain't going to start by itself, Johnny. <laughs> push the button. And I said that. I pushed it, and then I had to run to the restroom. It's got to be this, you know, when you, when you put your education in the process, you've gone through the whole experience of real estate, mm-hmm. you've, you've built out the building, and then it really comes time to distill. And you got to push a button. Yeah. And that's what that moment is. Yeah. So when did you realize that you had the product, when did you say, that's what I've been thinking about? That's what I was hoping for. Yeah. Well, you know, we, 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 we didn't have all our products made when we opened. In fact, we didn't have any products. <laughs> Somebody was asking me, I was like, did you already have your products and all this? I said, no, we needed equipment first. So we had to go. Um, the first product we made was vodka. We, we felt that, you know, if you're a distiller, you want to have a vodka. Everybody has a vodka. And we chose to make our vodka out of 100% corn. Like many distilleries, we use local ingredients. And in this area, Pennsylvania, there's plenty of Pennsylvania yellow number two corn, the best corn in the world, I might add. My brother from New York disagrees, but that's all right. And we use rye. But for our vodka, we use 100% corn. So we made the first batch. We distilled it slowly. um, And we tasted it. And lo and behold, it was pretty gosh darn good. Now, we thought that, but then, you know, we, we opened up on the 4th of July of 2016. Which is why the 4th of July is really even more special to you and why <laughs> that encompasses the Norristown community as well, because that's really your birthday of opening to the public. It, it is. Well, there was two special reasons, um, and I'm going to tie this into the vodka, but there were two reasons that we opened on the 4th of July. One is that, obviously, celebrate the independence of the United States of America. You know, go U.S. Government shutdown or not, we're a great country, right? Uh, but secondly, and a little more selfishly on my part, is I wanted to celebrate my independence from corporate America. Okay. So uh, we that's that's a special day. And when we opened, you could get any cocktail you wanted as long as it was made with vodka. Makes sense, right? <laughs> you want a cocktail? Yeah, we got vodka. What else? We got vodka. <laughs> so it was, it was a great day. And you know what? With just vodka, we were we were packed. The place was packed, and we were packed for many many days afterwards. A lot of fun. Uh, and then we came out with our other products, the uh, white whiskey, which we decided, well, you know, we want a little spiciness, so let's come up with a really fancy formula. You'll love this one. 75% corn, 25% rye. And uh, the, the corn gives it a smoothness of a, a bourbon-like quality, or, and uh, the rye gives it a spiciness. And we extra distill it for smoothness because, uh, you know, I don't know if you know this, Rich, but white whiskey is white because it hasn't spent much time in a barrel. Right. And it's the barrel There's no aging. no aging at all. Right. Exactly. And, and alcohol is a solvent. It dissolves organic matter. Barrel, wood, is organic matter. You put whiskey in, or alcohol into a barrel, you're literally dissolving the barrel from the inside out. <clears throat> so then we came out with our white whiskey. And then we came out with our other products, which I'm, I know we're going to talk about. Yeah, we'll, we'll try so. we'll try them. And, and, and this way you can share just some of the vision you've already shared, but some of the vision is to, as you as you put together the recipe for it, what you were thinking about that too. But So so not everything was perfect. What was the worst distillery? <laughs> Very few things were perfect, <laughs> but, except the vodka came out pretty good. So what's your worst distillery moment? What's your worst moment to date? Oh gosh. So yeah, that's well there's there's a number of them. <laughs> um there's two that I will, will cite and I and I share this on tours, which we give every Saturday, as you know, one thirty and three. Um they were distilling moments. I was a you know, I'm a new distiller, uh and new distillers will make mistakes and hopefully only make them once. Uh, I'll actually give three of them because some of them are pretty interesting. Pick, pick one. Pick like, just one? Yeah, where you kind of just stood and threw okay. your hands up in the air and said, what am I really doing here? So, well, okay. So part of the process of making spirits is, you know, during your cooking process at certain times, whether you're going up in temperature or you're cooling the mash down, you need to add your enzymes. And there's two ways you can add enzymes. You can either use malt, which is nothing more than barley, which is sprouted, they dry it out, they grind it up, it has a lot of enzymes, and it can dissolve spirits. We chose to use uh, synthetic enzymes, the pure enzymes themselves, because we didn't want to introduce the flavor of malt into any of our current crop or products. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with malt, but we just didn't want to use it for that until we start making our bourbon, what have you. 
So I talked to a, obviously I went to Moonshine University. I found an enzyme house down in Louisville, Kentucky, and um, called him up and made the deal and said, all right, send him up. We're going to use your enzymes. And I had the guy on the phone. I said, now, are there any special considerations in using your enzymes? And he just kind of laughed. He says, well, don't forget to add them. And I'm thinking, now, what imbecile would forget to add the enzymes? But I had him on a line. I'm thinking, you know, this is ridiculous. I had him on a line. I said, well, if somebody were to forget, what should they do? And he said, well, you're going to want to add them as fast as you can. I'm thinking, man, what a waste of time talking to this dude. You know, I said, all right, thanks a lot, pal. Appreciate it. Send the enzymes up. So we're about a month in. We're making the vodka, and everybody seems to be loving it, patting myself on the shoulder. Man, I'm, I'm a heck of a distiller. You know, one month in, right? Can you believe it? Um, and... Uh, one day I got the earmuffs on because when you know, we, we inject steam into our mash to cook it, and it's very loud initially. And uh, I looked down and I just I saw the tank kind of move a little bit, trembling almost. And I took the earmuffs off and I hear the stir, which is this big motor on the top that has a big stirring device like a blender, keeps it all moving. Okay. Was just you could hear it straining, and I'm like, what's going on now? <clears throat> if this were on top, this is basically a big stock pot, 2,100 liters in our case. If this were on your stove, you just lift the lid, kind of what's going in. What's, well, we have to get up on the set of stairs. I lift the lid, all this steam comes out, and I look in, and I am horrified by what I see. I am about 30 seconds away from a solid block of polenta. Oh, wow. Which, if it got to that point, I'm sure I would have had to take a shovel and shovel that polenta out of there. And I would have had the longest food line Norristown ever saw. And I remembered what... And so why was it that way? Because I forgot to add the enzymes. the enzymes. So I remember what the guy said, you know, add them as fast as you can. I ran down those steps. I went downstairs. I poured out the alpha amylase, which I obviously didn't add. I came up and I added and I just prayed. I said, oh my God, I hope this works. Because one... I didn't want to have the longest food line, and I don't want to be shoveling for a day to get that stuff out. More importantly, though, if I ever went to a distiller's convention and my buddies found out about this, I would be, uh, well, be ragged on relentlessly. They now they're going to find out, I know. Right, Guys, I don't expect any ragging on this. <laughs> so I, um, we added it, and I'll tell you what, before my eyes, in a matter of seconds, it went from this solid block, almost solid block, to a swirling mass of liquid as if nothing ever wow, happened. Well, that's fascinating. It was fascinating. And I'll tell you what, I was so happy. At the end of the day, I called that enzyme company and I said, Hi, this is John George, Five Saints of Stone. What are your customers? I just want to tell you guys, you make the best blank, blank enzymes in the world. <laughs> you know what the guy said to me? You forgot to add the enzymes, didn't yeah. you? <laughs> so you really took the worst moment, and you really learned a lot about it, and you can now share that with people, and it really makes for a good story. Well, we, we developed a checklist, you know, okay. just like uh, pilots, yeah. you know, okay, did you add the enzymes? Check. Right. Now you so. have, putting that systems in place really helps you be Absolutely. productive and everything yeah. else. Yeah. So, obviously... You like to drink spirits, yes? So, so <laughs> I, I, uh, what do you like I, I to drink? I almost gave up drinking once I started a distillery. No, okay. no, no. Uh, yeah, I, I've not been known to uh, have a drink or two here. I mean, before you started the, the distilling business, was there something that you had a favorite of or something you enjoyed drinking? Um, you know, I, uh, I, I, I like vodka, obviously, gin. Bourbon is great. Irish whiskey. Okay. I really like Irish whiskey. Um, I'm not a big Scotch fan. Uh, just never developed a taste, but there's something about Irish whiskey, which is just fantastic, and I hope someday to be able to um, to emulate a batch of uh, whiskey made in Ireland, because we would not be able to call it Irish whiskey. We would have to say, this is whiskey that is like Irish it's, whiskey. It's an Irish style. It's an Irish style. <laughs> Irish style whiskey, like my go. Tuscan style gin. Yes, exactly. exactly. So you're a single proprietor you and amy own the distilling company we, we, we own five saints right. distilling and international spirits yeah it's my wife amy and i and how much time do you spend here at the distillery what's your what's your typical I, week look I, like? I have a bed upstairs i usually go home for two hours a week <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and stay here because you're, um, you're still raising a family yeah right? yeah I mean, no absolutely it is uh, it is a lot of work for anybody that's thinking of opening a distillery yeah, it is. It is interesting. And my gosh, you're a distiller, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's I usually 16, 18 hour days every day of the week because, you know, we're a small mom and pop distillery. Uh, we we work very hard at all facets of the business from the managing the, the, the bar, managing the tap room here. 
making the spirits, packaging the spirits, selling the spirits, paying the bills, doing the repairs. And we are, you know, obviously, you know, we're doing a lot of refurbishing of the firehouse, the second and third floor. We yeah, talk you're about putting a restaurant in? Well, it's a, it's a kitchen with, it will be a distillery with a kitchen. Okay. Um, but uh, it is it is a lot of work. Uh, but you know what? It's all worth, it, it, what makes it all worth it is when our patrons and friends, old and new, that come in and they say, oh my God. This is the best gin I've ever tasted. Mm-hmm. Or, oh my God, this vodka is so smooth. And I look at him kind of smiling, like, well, what would you expect? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so it's 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 all worth it from that standpoint. And it is a sacrifice on the family, absolutely. You don't get to spend a lot of time with the kids growing up. But I have enrolled my 14-year-old in the FDA, Future Distillers of America. Okay. I know you're looking at me like, what the heck? Well, I, you know. So he's... Uh, He's giving me coupons for my birthdays and Christmas, good for one day of distilling instruction. <laughs> and I go to use them, and then he says, Dad, did you look on the back? There's an expiration date. So I'll turn around, and it's expired. He says, see, that's sorry, it's expired. And uh, he'll say, do you have the other coupons? Did you lose them? I'm sorry, they're irreplaceable. So, <laughs> But, yeah, it's, it's great. We love so, it. So what do you like to do when you're not at the distillery? What are some of the things you like to do? Sleep. Sleep. Okay, yeah, I, I would imagine. <laughs> Sleep. Um... You know, just just relax and get a little bit of time to think about, you know, where do we want to go with it and what's the next steps and all that kind of stuff. And just spend a little bit of time with the family. Uh, You know, the kids are in college. My daughter's graduating from Penn State. My son, Cameron, he's uh, actually bartends for us. I think you might have met Cameron here. Goes to Drexel. Great individual. Love love them all dearly. Cammy's in film. And... um, He's an interesting guy because he wanted to be a pediatrician for the longest time. And pediatrician, 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 that's all we ever heard. So he comes to me about 10th grade and says, Dad, can we talk? I said, we talk all the time. What do you want to have? You want to have a talk, the talk? What talk are we talking about? (laughs) (laughs) And he says, Dad, I don't want to be a pediatrician anymore. I said, really, Cam? Oh, my God, this is what you've wanted to be forever. So what do you want to do? He says, I want to make films. (laughs) I just saw a look on his face. He was looking for my reaction. I gave him a stern dad look. I'm like, hmm, Cammy, a couple of conditions, and I'll give you my blessing on that one. One, and I know I can't swear on a thing, so you just make the best blank, blank films anybody has ever made. I want you to be the next Steven Spielberg and whatever I know you will be. And secondly, when you do, you make sure that I get free front row seats into every single yeah, performance. Yeah, all the premieres. Yeah. And into the Oscars when you and Pete, he's got a buddy Pete who's very good team. The two of them work together really well. Uh, and I can get in there and watch it. So it's, and then Cammy Bear, or Liam, he's, uh, he's my future distiller. Well, I, he, doesn't, he doesn't really say he wants to be a distiller, but I want to teach him. And I told him, I said, look, I just want you to know how to do it. So it doesn't mean you have to do it, but at least you'll know how. So, anyways, we'll go. So here's a legacy. You yeah. got your five fathers. You were the five, five saints. Five fathers, yeah. And you, and now you're bringing that next part to your family, which is a great legacy. I mean, so I would ask you, ten years ago, if somebody would have said, John, do you expect to ever open a distillery? Would that have been anywhere close to part of the conversation? Absolutely not. No. It was not even a part of my thinking. Uh, absolutely not. It evolved, you know, in the last few years before I retired. And uh, no, it was not. I was focusing on my uh, career. I was in pharmaceuticals. I don't know right. if I mentioned yep. that. And uh, really thoroughly enjoyed the work. I, I got to see. I mean, I'm, I mean pretty much I'm a, uh, as close as you can get to a farm boy from upstate New York who was lost. I went to univer- I went to Albany College of Pharmacy and I was lost for five years. I'd be going east. I think I was going west. I think I was going west. I was going east. Um, directions were not very good. And here I end up uh, working in Asia Pacific for one of the pharmaceutical companies and uh, traveling. And uh, I only got lost once. It's, it's a heck of a story. I don't know if we'll have time here, but it's, <laughs> it's a great story. If you travel enough, you will have travel stories. Of course. And uh, Just like if you distill enough, you'll have distill stories. You'll have you know, distill right? stories, yeah. So... <laughs> Tell me about your logo, the design of the logo, and, and how uh, that all yeah, came sure, about. Sure. So, um, first of all, I like the logo, <laughs> and I hope you guys like it too. We, uh, you know, from a branding perspective, we wanted uniformity 
but we also wanted to differentiate our products from one another and from other products that are not in the Five Saints uh, product lineup. So we worked with a company, LMS Solutions, up in Roarsford. I'll give those guys a little plug here. We started off with them, great individuals. And um, there is a way with the Internet today where you can put out your thoughts and ideas on a logo to the, to the universe, basically, of designers. And they can elect to either try to take a stab at developing a logo for you or not, and then it comes in through this platform. And if they get uh, elected and you work with them and you take their logo, they get $500. So we worked with a woman uh, from outside the U.S. And she sent us, an, well, we got a couple of initial from around the world. Uh, but this one woman, she sent some initial uh, logos. And I liked where she was going with it, thought that we could work with her. So we, we communicated back and forth a little bit and refined it and ended up with our our wings and our our flying still as we call it with a little bit of vapor coming off of it okay so uh we we first as i mentioned we first came out with the vodka white background the the flying still five saints vodka so i've never all this time i've never heard of the, the flying still with a the, little vapor so now the flying i have still whole, yes so now you know now what, know what, what it is so yeah. why don't we try the vodka oh you want to try it yeah why don't we try your kind of give us again some of the idea the background the flavor you were looking for and all do that you want an ounce half ounce yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> so this is our vodka it's made from 100 percent corn and pennsylvania number two um we do not add any flavoring so a lot of people will describe it as very creamy very smooth unexpectedly smooth um with either butterscotch caramel vanilla overtones and you can probably smell some of those right now. Yeah, you, you, you first get the sweetness, but I also, the, the back of the nose gets, you can actually smell the stalk of the corn. Yeah. You know, as it's, as it's in the field, which really gives that pronounce, pronounce of that corn. You know that's what it's going to be. So yeah. That's nice. Maybe that was the corn I was standing next to when we, were, when we were picking it out. I don't know, but it's smooth. It's smooth. You like that. Right. Yeah. And, I, and you can tell me, because wow. I think when you meet people that are coming to your distillery for the first time who haven't tried a craft spirit their expectation is what they know of more of a mass-produced spirit the burn the 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 intense flavor you're getting on that swallow versus the, the you don't really get a flavor profile as much on a vodka like that and then they come to see you and this is like no other vodka that they've ever had before right well, it, it, you, you hit on some, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not sure they know what to expect. Some are expecting a really great product. Others are expecting maybe not so good product. They might maybe try different vodkas uh, at different distilleries. And like I said, all, all vodkas are different. Um, they try ours, and usually it's, they'll set it down. They'll say, holy blank, blank. That is There's smooth. a lot of blanking that's going on. Yeah, here. a lot of blanking, but you know that's what it is. And you know, and again, I it's it's nice to hear that because uh, they uh, they get to try it and they enjoy it. So, so I, I in, in the in the flavor of it, you, you, there is a creaminess to it. Yeah, there which, is, which, which is which is nice as it sits on your tongue. Yeah, absolutely. So you make a gin. Well, the next product we made was a white whiskey. The white whiskey. So the white whiskey was the next one. And again, just coming back to that branding. You can see that the uh, branding is very similar. Mm -hmm. You see the flying still. The five saints share the spirits. Our trademark is on all these, which, by the way, means not, not to go out and drink like banshees. We don't condone that. We, re, we, we, condone, we, we encourage responsible drinking, responsible sharing the spirits. But uh, share good times, share right. goodness between people. Can I tell you really something? I, I think about. that's what people experience here. That Thank you. This is where people are going to come and they're going to share this good time. They're going to be feeling as though, hey, this is a place I can come to all the time. Um, I don't need a it's special super, occasion. Yeah. I can just come here. I, I know I start to get to know the people as I walk in. The people that are behind the bar, you know, have a good rapport. And, and it really becomes more that neighborhood, that destination spot versus, <clears throat> you, know, you know, that, that, that yeah. unfamiliarity. I think yeah. that's important. I'm looking over at the bar now. We've got a number of friends over there. Denise is one of my good friends from the. <laughs> she knows it. She refers to us as her neighborhood cheers. But you know, you're absolutely right. We try to 
you know, here's two people I can see walking in there. They're, you can tell just by the way they're looking, where's the door? They'll be in here in a second. Um, it's, it is a neighborhood. We try to treat people uh, like family. Right. It's family and friends. And you come in as strangers, but you leave as friends. Our motto is relax, connect, enjoy, and savor. So we, we, we encourage that uh, at any of the number of events. So we try to get to know people, welcome them. I think it's, uh, it's important for your patrons to come in and know the owners, uh, to know them by name, uh, and you want them to feel like family. It's, which is, which it's is exactly, exactly what you bring. And that, yeah. that comes from you. Hopefully I you, welcomed you the first you time did. you came in. <laughs> you did. So let's try your white whiskey and okay. give us a sense of, of, of the thought processes. You so the white whiskey, you know, it's, it's a whiskey. Uh, white whiskey does not need to be aged. It does go into a barrel uh, for a very short period of time in our case. So it is a white whiskey. It's made out of 75% corn, 25% rye. So you have the smoothness from the corn, but you have a spiciness from the rye. White whiskey typically should be a very rough product because you're putting it into wooden oak barrels to smooth it out, to do the aging process, which does a very nice job and turns it into American whiskey or bourbon, depending on new or used barrels that use, what have you. Um, we chose to just send it through a barrel very quickly and uh, it came out and actually our white whiskey is very I'll use the word tequila-ish so it's a lot like a tequila uh, when you smell it, it tastes like a tequila you taste it a little bit like tequila but then you get the whiskey taste what, it's not, get, a, it's get, not a bourbon you get a pepper like a black pepper flavor yes to it. Yeah. absolutely yeah. it's a great description and we make margaritas it's very versatile we make margaritas with it but we also make uh, whiskey sours or old fashions so it's nice you, you know we don't have to stock a tequila or whatever if somebody says do you have a tequila I say try the white whiskey and they kind of what uh, but again, then they taste it again you're a craft distiller that's is, the way it came this out this is what you can do that, that provides something for what people are looking for but they haven't tried before well let me put it this way I would be lying through my teeth if I told you that we planned that tequila-ish type nature. Okay, it just comes that out. That was just the right combination of yeast that we used, the 75-25 ratio of corn to rye, the way we ferment and cook and distill it. We, we extra distill it, and it came out that way, and we decided, you know what? We like it. Let's keep it that way. And it's won awards. All of our products have won major awards. The absinthe, which we'll get to, is too new. We haven't entered that into any competitions yet, but we will. And uh, it has won awards. So the American Distilling is, which is very unusual for a white whiskey. So we're very pleased. And that was our second product. So you could come in now and get either a drink with vodka or, you or can a newly expanded lineup of white whiskey. What's nice about that is you get the sweetness of the corn. And, and you really go through the layers and the different flavor of the whiskey. So it's not just, hey, it's in the mouth and down the throat, and you just you don't get that full experience. And again, that, I think that's a tribute to what you're producing there. Thank that's you. That's nice. Thank so you. then you came up. Now, this gin is different. Then we came out with the gin. Absolutely. You know, I often tell people that we are deviants here at Five Saints. Okay. We're just a bunch of deviants. And the reason being is we don't, I don't like to make Me Too products. Everything should be differentiated, differentiate or die, if you listen to Rouse and Trout, or Rise and Trout, right? <laughs> okay. But let's make something different that people haven't had. So when it turned time to do our gin, we looked back in the family recipes and found a, a recipe for Italian gin. My family's from Tuscany, and uh, obviously a lot of Italian herbs grow there. I'm a big lover of rosemary. If you ever taken your hand and rubbed it through oh, rosemary, yeah. just feel that fragrance. It just lights up. It's like, oh, I cook with it, eat it, what have you. So I said, let's make a uh, Tuscan gin. And the guys were like, giant, a Tuscan gin doesn't exist. I said, I know. That's why we're going to make it. So we included nine different Italian herbs and spices, rosemary, sage, thyme, uh, chamomile, eucalyptus, vanilla, pepper, coriander, fennel. And then we used a uh, corn-based uh, spirit, basically, and uh, came up with the savory Tuscan-style gin. Right. And I probably should tell you a, 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 a story about that because the TTB called me up and, you know, I submitted the labels. The to TTB the, is? The Alcohol, Tobacco, Tax, and Trade Bureau. Gotcha. Great bunch of people. We love them dear. Love you guys <laughs> at the TTB. Sending all my love to the TTB. Um, they called me up one time and 
kind of went like, uh, hello, Mr. Is this Five Saints? He said, yeah, I'm looking for Mr. George. Hey, Mr. George. This is Agent So-and-so from the TTB badge number. I suggest you write it down. I wrote it down. And they said, uh, we uh, received your gin label application reviewing. I said, oh, great. How do you like that gin label application? Isn't it great? They said, great. It is non-approvable. I said, what do you mean it's not approvable? They said, uh, the word Tuscan is a problem. You're going to have to remove the word Tuscan or it will not get approved. And I said, well, but she goes, there are no buts. You will remove it or else. I said, but she goes, Mr. George, let me ask you something. Are you making your gin in Tuscany? Right. I said, no, we're making it down here on East Main Street in Norristown, PA. <laughs> she goes, there you go. So hey, we were instructed to change it. And um, I wrote a little correspondence and asked them to consider any all options that we could keep the word Tuscan in. They called me a little bit later, said they received the correspondence and were willing to make a, a one-time exception in our case for this. The nice thing is... The big doors are there, and you can hear the ambulances go by. I know. Right. <laughs> I know. And we have those doors open in the, yes. in the, in the warm weather. Yes. Absolutely. But just to finish the story, so uh, she said, basically, you'll be allowed to keep the word Tuscan as long as you insert the word style. So That's why when you see style. on our label, savory Tuscan style gin. And it really is. I'm going to give you a little taste of it, Rich, because I know you're chopping at the bit here. I think what's going to be really nice is people that get a chance to listen to this that haven't tried your product or haven't been here for your oh, product. Come on in, absolutely. Yeah, now, now they know what to look forward to and you know come on in and, yeah, and you're try right. these. You're right. So Rich is tasting it right now. This what, is 90 proof, by the way. What is first apparent that when you get this on the nose? What do you smell? You're smelling the herbs. I mean, yeah. you're smelling the thyme. You're smelling the rosemary. Yeah. It, it, it really is as if you started to walk through an herb garden. And that's the first thing that greets you. And I know, and you can share more of the experience as a distiller, people's expectation of a gin is going to be more juniper forward. And right. people say, oh, I don't like gin. I, I don't, you know, that's not what they've gotten a chance to experience. This is different. This is a different experience for them. Well, you know, you picked up on the important differences in our gin because what we did, first of all, the juniper, you mentioned juniper. Right. You know, think of think of uh, gin as vodka that's predominantly been aged with juniper, if you will, and then other spices. We lowered the juniper down to pretty much the lowest legal limit that you could add. Which is how much? It. I think it's about 51%. Okay. And that allowed us a lot of leeway to add other elements and spices. So the, the nine Italian herbs and spices, uh, a bit of citrus, uh, and, of course, the juniper. And what you have is a product that doesn't have, you know, the typical... Uh, feel of London dries or American dries, which are great gins. I love them dearly. They're awesome gins. But you have something entirely different where the, as you mentioned, the Italian herbs and spices are coming out. We made it 90 proof to give it a little bit of horsepower, if yep. you will, so that it brings those elements to the forefront. And uh, you can taste those going down. And, and it's been really well received. Uh, we've put our gin, like our vodka, white whiskey, and blood orange, into competitions and it's taken a gold medal at the SIP competition. is is very well received. What's really apparent about this, as far as a gin and the flavors that you have here, you can just sit and just sip this and put it on ice, and it doesn't necessarily need to be mixed with anything. Yeah, you're right. Well, your vodka and your white whiskey probably have the same to me feel that I don't have to mix them, but this is a great start if I even want to add something to it and make a cocktail out of it. Yeah, you, you, you hit it right on the nose because there's a lot of people who come in and once they taste it, or if they know about it, they just drink it straight. Yeah. They'll drink it straight without ice or throw it on the rocks. Um, some say it'd be a sin to add anything to it. We, we have a number of cocktails here, though, that you know you can make a lot of great cocktails with the gin. It holds up beautifully. Uh, it's a great taste. So we're, we're very pleased with the gin. Yeah, we have a lot of fun with it. And, and I think, again, the heritage... And the Tuscan style really comes through on what you're trying to produce and what's setting you apart. Yeah. For what well, you know, from what you're doing. We so try. You, we try. We're deviants. You know, we do it in everything we do. So what can I say? So you have the blood orange liqueur, and, and what was the, the idea orange. of making a blood orange liqueur? Well, I love blood orange. I've always loved blood orange. Um, the only other blood orange that I was aware of is Salerno out of Sicily, and uh, you know, again, we want to make things that are different. Not that many distilleries are making a blood orange liqueur. So we said, let's make it. It was our first liqueur. And 
um, we decided if we compared it to what was on the market already, that we would, one, cut the sugar down dramatically, almost in half. So, you know, you don't have all the calories, a little bit thinner, not syrupy, if you will. And also, you don't have to run laps after you enjoy it, which would be nice <laughs> in the winter time, especially when it's nice to drink this stuff. Then we also beefed up the orange flavor, uh, both with the pulp and the rind flavors of the bud orange. And we cut the alcohol down to 50 proof. Typically, it's around 80 proof. We cut it to 50 proof. And uh, so that you could drink it either as an aperitif or as a modifier, a cocktail modifier, when you're adding it to vodka or white whiskey or gin. And we have a number of cocktails on our list that will incorporate that uh, into it. I, I kid with some people. You can put it on salads, too, in place of mandarin oranges. You know, but officer, I only had two helpings of the five saint salad, so <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> your, your salad has a legal limit. For it has a legal limit, two helpings. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Officer, uh, it was only salad. Uh, right. Oh, I've got to taste the five saint salad here. No. <laughs> and uh, we came out with it, and uh, it's been a hit. Um, you know, we, we sent this away to the SIP competition, which stands for Spirits International Prestige Competition, out and it's held in Newport Beach at least the last two years that I know of. And uh, kind of said to the guys, well, let's see. You know, I don't know if we'll win anything, but it'd be nice to see how it does. And uh, they sent me an email back, and they said, well, you, uh, uh, in the Fruit Berry Liqueur class, you took best in class. Now, this is an international competition opened up to anybody in the world. Anybody can submit a fruit berry liqueur, and they did. They sent me that email, and you want to know what I emailed them back? What did you email said, them back? I uh, said, do you guys have the right email address? <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh, we're Five Saints Distilling right, in, we're just, in Norristown, we're PA. We're Norristown. Yeah, I mean, uh, before I wanted to even get excited about it, and they emailed me back and said, yes, Mr. George, you spent the blood on you took best in class. So that was quite an honor. We were really surprised about that and, and i'm not bragging i'm just sharing facts you know that uh, we won that and uh, people love it you're they, very they humble really you're well, very reserved you have to be right? humble yeah i'm just i'm just a distiller yeah yeah so <laughs> i i know we, we had this and it's been a great um addition to your lineup but i'm really curious to talk to you about the absinthe ah, and, and yes and this is something sure. that why an absinthe Talk about that. Well, you know, I wasn't going to do an absinthe. i got to be honest with you. I wasn't going to do an absinthe. And one of our bartenders, Ben, here, who you've met, Ben, yeah. uh, great mixologist, fantastic individual, came to us from uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado. No, Fort, excuse me, Fort Collins, Colorado, and was a mixologist out there, came back to be part of the Norristown Revival, Norristown guy convinced me that we should do a absinthe next and uh, i listened to ben and said okay let's let's you know let's do it you don't see that many absinths out there so we formulated our absinthe to be really different obviously we're deviants here's a perfect example you know there's some great uh traditional absinths in the liquor store if you go into plcb uh green in color a lot of licorice black licorice flavor as traditional absinthe is we said, uh, how could we make something different, attractive, that would, you know, people would enjoy using in their cocktails? And we decided to add a raspberry lavender slant on the black licorice. We I try don't on... expect anybody has either A, thought about doing that, <laughs> or B, is currently doing that in the world that I'm aware of. Yeah, I, I don't know either in the world, but I know that in the PLCB, if you walk in... Now, it's not in the PLCB, the, the, the state-run liquor stores, because right. we have to go through the bureaucracy and, and get it in. But we will be doing that. It will be a different absinthe, absolutely. My son, Cameron, who's down at said, Dad, there's a number of absinthe bars down here. you got to get over to them and introduce this product to them. And I hope to, to find some time to do that. But I think it'll be... People that have enjoyed it here at the distilleries where you can get it right now, We've sold many, many more bottles than I ever thought we would. Um, you know, not a lot of people know absinthe, but we're introducing them to absinthe. They're enjoying it, and, and it an is a different. there's an expectation of what people know about absinthe, and I guess a legacy of absinthe, that people <laughs> either are more attracted to it or just think that they're supposed to stay away from it. Well, yeah. Well, you know, here's you bring up an interesting point, Rich, because, you know, absinthe, people's perceptions is are 
wasn't that banned in the United States for a while? And it was. It, you could not get absinthe in the U.S. Right. And part of the reason is that they felt absinthe was uh, hallucinogenic in nature. Now, I'm a pharmacist, and I've thought about that. I've given that a lot of thought, and I don't know whether there were true hallucinogens in the wormwood extract, which is where they felt thujones, they're called. Or was it the fact that it was 138 proof, and if you have a couple of drinks of anything 138 proof, you might be seeing some visions yeah. too. But in any case, it was banned. Uh, it is now approved for you know, uh, manufacturing and consumption in the U.S. And part of that is because the wormwood extract that we use, the thujones have been removed um, and we're able to produce it. And in fact, it's interesting because the TTB, my friends, I love you guys, by the way. I always <laughs> tell them I love them. Uh, at the TTB, uh, they requested a sample, and that was unusual because they didn't request a sample of our vodka, white whiskey, gin, or blood orange. They wanted a sample of the absinthe, and I realized that they're looking to find out, are there thujones in that extract? And we passed, as I expected, and are able to do it. So it's a different absinthe. We call it absinthe Americanie. Yeah, so what's... Not absinthe what's, American. What's the whole what? name? What, what's the whole the name? How does that, what does that all mean, absinthe Americanie? Uh, nothing. We made it up. Made it up. <laughs> Again, you're deviant. But we here. liked it. But we liked it. Well, I wanted to. Well, not really nothing. I wanted to connote that this is a American style of absinthe, and absinthe is more Europe, European centric, Eurocentric, which is where it originated and is is consumed a lot. So, you know, as we're introducing it, I really wanted. To, I didn't want to call it American absinthe because it has its roots in Europe and what have you. So we put the little flare and we call it uh, Absinthe Americanie. Not, uh, not Absinthe American, Absinthe Americanie. I like that. With and, a little squiggle. And, and you've had, and this has only been out about a month, and you've had a tremendous reception to yeah, it. Yeah, we have. Yeah. Yeah, we have. And it's really been fantastic. And again, that makes it all worthwhile. It took a long time to develop. Um, and um, we are, and I guess we can move on, we are working on our next project. I was going to ask, what's next? Well, I can't give you all the specifics. But all I'm going to say is we're deviants, gotcha. and this is going to be a rum. And let me just put it this way. This rum is unlike any other rum. You have not. It's a flavored rum, uh, and you will not have experienced this flavor from anywhere else that I know of. And all I'm going to say is uh, I'm a New England dude. I uh, grew up in upstate New York, and I went back to my roots for this one. Stay tuned because uh, it's coming out shortly, hopefully within... Um, Hopefully within about a week or two. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. And yeah, it is exciting. With with the whole craft distilling industry, this is what's nice about what you can do. That you get you get free reign of flavors and processes and and ideas that you can try out. And it, it really sounds like there's there's a huge. I I can see you're excited about it. Yeah. I really can. I I am. I mean, you know, we 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 don't have money to do big marketing research. Our marketing research is we come up with an idea. We go forth with it. Is it different? Yeah. We go forth with it. And then we ask for volunteers. And I, it's, it's crazy because I have a huge number of friends who raise their hand yep. immediately when it comes to, is there a tasting opportunity? <laughs> you know. So all I can say is all my samples that I created of the rum are gone, which is unusual. Yeah, totally gone. So, I mean, what have you. But we're looking forward to that one. And uh, I can't wait because it makes great traditional rum and tonics, rum and cokes. I can't wait to drink it straight, quite honestly. So I'm looking forward to it. Sounds like all yeah. good things to come for Five Stains Distilling. So I hope so. Is there anything I didn't ask you about? Anything you want to talk about that we didn't cover today? Yeah. Well, one I want to tell you about. Um, I want to tell you about what's going on with the, the rehab of the building, where we're going in that we touched on, and then I want to just talk about Norristown a little bit, and the support and the great people we've received. So um, we have. Uh, we're, we're, you mentioned a second. We have a second, third floor. We have three-story firehouse. We're going to be... And you have a pole. And we got the pole. Yep, the, pole got the pole will be a dumb waiter to food up and down. That's will be always the original intent of that pole. Um, and all firehouses have fire poles. They're there. Uh, so let's use it. Gotcha. Um, the second floor will be another uh, smaller bar, more of a speakeasy type bar. Um, and we will have a kitchen where we will be, be then become a distillery with a kitchen that serves casual American firehouse fare. And then the third floor will be a... Uh, rental hall, activities hall, we plan to do things like f a form a cornhole league so we can have cornhole tournaments. 
Uh, we will do distillery house yoga. Anybody a uh, yoga person in here? Reason I, see, I ask. I see hands going up. Hands are going up. Yep. Well, let me describe distillery house yoga. I see hands going down too. Distillery house yoga starts off with a shot of your choice. Okay. To help limber you up, if gotcha. you will. And uh, then you do the yoga. And 30 minutes in, there's a discretionary uh, additional shot, and then a cocktail at the end. And I've gotten whole number of people saying, "Yep, we're going to be there." I think I'm uh, going to become we'll, a big fan of yoga now, John. I, I'm going to start yoga myself too. And we'll have other activity, a rental hall, and we'll have an events planner such as we are putting in an elevator to make easy access and uh, doing other uh, modifications on the building. So we are evolving, uh, and it's great to be part of, as we say, Norristown revitalization, which brings me to really just talking about Norristown. You know, I mean, I'm going to be very honest here. Norristown many times has gotten a bad rap, and it's a perception of what Norristown is all about. And... What I will share with you, what I've learned is that Norristown is nothing but greatness. Great people. I've met nothing but the most fantastic, humble, family-oriented individuals who come into our distillery, who have fantastic experiences, um, generous of their time and spirit, and again, wanting the best for their families, for their friends, and for Norristown. Uh, the government here. Uh, but nothing but supportive. The council, uh, the administrator, uh, very, very supportive. The economic development, uh, the developmental agencies, very supportive. The county of Montgomery couldn't ask for a better county to be in uh, with their commissioners um, who have just been so supportive of our, our cause. And, and then look at Norristown itself. The you know, I'm going to use the word, it'll probably gentrify, and not probably, I should say it will gentrify. It's accelerating. Buildings are being purchased. They're being upgraded. They're being putting high-end apartments. We have a wealth of, yeah, you hear that ice shaking? <laughs> we are putting a, we have a wealth of uh, fantastic architecture here and structural buildings. We have a uh, Marshall Street, and what the Latino community has done with that is just wonderful. That is a marvel. We should have an arch over there. Welcome to little, uh, you know, little Havana or little Mexico, whatever. It's great people. And then we have we have things that other our other communities don't have. We have the we have the the transportation. So you have a train, trains coming in our transportation, our train center right. station right in town here. You can get into Philadelphia in 24 minutes and back. Young people are discovering that. So, which is great. So, if you're staying in Philadelphia, here's a train that'll take you right bring here you to here. the distillery. Or bring you home if you live in Norristown. Yeah. You can work in going, and more and more people are doing that. You have theaters. We're in the theater district here. You have the Center Theater, newly remodeled. You have Theater Horizon, which is a fantastic theater and uh, very more award winning. You have the Elmwood Park Zoo, award winning, fantastic Elmwood Park Zoo. What El Zone has done with that, good friend of mine, just fantastic. And you've got builders, Dave Serini, what he's doing with his buildings, and others. Just, you know, you're seeing the, you've got Rotation Records, who we work very, very closely with. Uh, you've got musicians. You have so many famous people who have come out of North. I'm reading a book by, well, a, a book um, um, by, uh, well, I forget the author, but. Uh, that talks about the history of Norristown, and you, it's amazing. This is a rich history here. It's a rich history. And and, and you touched on the people, and, and the people that are in this community really want to see Norristown thrive and succeed. They do. And what's really important to understand is, and again, I know you're humble, and, and I know you don't like to brag on yourself, but you are leading that charge. You are bringing Norristown to people that don't know what's happening in Norristown. And that's really a tribute to you and Amy and the chance that you took to decide to put a distillery here in Norristown. So my question is, you're located in Norristown. What's the address? 129 East Main Street, Norristown, PA. Yeah, right in the old Humane Fire Engine Company. Okay. And what I will say is, it's come full circle. The firehouse was going to be torn down one time for a parking lot. Firehouses, since the earliest days, were meeting halls. They were they were frat houses for men, women, sorority houses, whatever you want to call it. It was a it was a centerpiece of the community. It held the culture together. And the Humane Fire Engine Company has come full circle because once again it is a meeting place for people to come and as we say, relax, connect, enjoy, and savor. Uh, and we try to make that happen with events, open mics every Wednesday, karaoke every Friday, live music every Saturday. 
And then Corpoli Sundays, where we give away Corpoli's tomato pie. It's a celebration in Norristown, and we're looking to the future. We have planted our roots here. Yes. We're, if you want to say we're part of the underdog, absolutely. But uh, remember, the Eagles were underdogs, too. And look they what were. happened yes, to them. Happened. So we're going to get there. And so social media, how do people connect with you? Uh, I got to look. It's uh, <laughs> Share the Spirits on Instagram. What is Twitter there? Uh, at Share the Spirits. Uh, our our uh, yeah our Facebook Five Saints Distilling. Uh, so you're on all the social media. We are, and, and you can go to our website, right. sign up for the so newsletter. So when people are looking for you and they want to know how to find you, there are yep. plenty of places on the internet and the web absolutely. to find you. Yep, absolutely. John, I have been looking forward to this for a long time. Ah, me this too, has Rich. been a pleasure for me. Yeah, it's fun watching you and Amy and, and and all you've been producing here. This has been great. So I, I wish you nothing but success in the future. I appreciate it, Rich. Thank you so much for your time today. It was a pleasure. Thank Thanks, you all for listening. Thanks, John.